0: From preps to pros and everything in between. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today,
1: presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao Mo Patton, JP Plant, coming to you from the Lee Company Studio, Columbia, Tennessee. We are in the Front Porch Sports Headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM and live on WZYXradio.net, as well as on Twitter, So we continue Reaction Monday. See us on YouTube as well. We, we've been getting quite, uh, quite a few more views on YouTube recently. Hey! So, <laughs> yeah, for those of you out there watching, we appreciate it. It is time now to reminisce on the greatness (laughs) and the roller coaster that we all experienced yesterday at 325 p.m. Central Time. (laughs) But first, instead of click-clacking all the way to the top of that first drop, Let's just take you right to the <laughs> We're going to take you right to the end of the ride and go backwards with Mike Keith's call of I'm not even going to call him the nickname that everybody's given him Randy Bullocks game winner.
0: This
2: is a 36 yarder to win it. Young man from Klein,
3: Texas. Now, set, kick.
0: Yes! How about these Titans? Yes! 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 The impossible situation,
2: possible. Everybody said it couldn't happen, and it happened. Overcoming their own mistakes and finding a way to get to one and one and beat seattle in seattle how about that the fight is stopped with 445 remaining in overtime and the titans scoring the last 17 of the day to beat the seahawks 33 to 30
3: as tennessee comes to the great northwest and gets it done again Two
1: things I want to mention. One, I heard a statistic today on the George Plaster Show, which you can hear on these airwaves every day before our show from 2 to 4. If you didn't hear this and you haven't heard this, it's going to blow your minds. Under Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans have won nine consecutive games following a double-digit loss. (laughs) <laughs> that is insane mm. nine
2: consecutive games following a loss
1: they are nine and two under Mike Vrabel coming off a, coming loss. Off a double double digit loss in the same season obviously. oh double digit loss double digit loss
2: they've won nine straight they've games won nine
1: <laughs> straight games the next after
2: week after a double digit
1: loss that's correct that is the most insane stat I've ever heard <laughs> What does he do
2: somehow? But but you know what else that means?
1: That means at least nine times they've lost in double digits. By double digits. Eleven times (laughs) total under Mike Vrabel. But it just feels like whatever he does on that Monday, Tuesday, following that loss. To get them to flush it. He can figure it out. He makes... He reads the room as a as a former player. Mm-hmm. He reads the room better than other coaches may. Do. He do, he knows whether or not to get in their butts or if they need a hug. You know what I mean? Like I wonder if he reads the room or if it's just the room that he's created. I think both of it. I think part of it is his is the the atmosphere that he's created within that organization, and. He also knows exactly what those guys need. And, and when he, they need it? When they need it. It's, it's really impressive. So I just wanted to give a kudos to, to Mike Vrabel for that. That's, that is solid.
0: Well, and, and another part of that, you know, calling out Julio Jones midweek. Um, Mike, he talked about in pregame that Julio came in motivated. Uh, and for whatever I, reason.
2: I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving Mike Vrabel credit for Julio Jones. I think Julio
1: Jones' professional pride.
0: I agree. Uh, but, you know, but, uh, I but don't there, think you can dismiss but there the coaching are a lot style. Of,
1: yeah, a lot of people, a lot of coaches who wouldn't have done that, one. And just allowed because... him
0: to be the professional, which he probably would have done, Mo. I agree. But I, I, I still think it puts it out there in the public and – you know, okay. any motivation. I'm just
2: All, right. All right. Then then if it, if we're going to call out people, then how does 78, uh, 78 keep getting a pass or 77 or whatever his number is that I would like to forget?
1: I think the biggest thing, I don't think he's getting a pass. I think it's just Mike Vrabel knows who he can do it to and who he can do it with. And he also knows that Taylor lawan is going to tweet out, so I got to play better every time because that's what he does every time he screws up. He talks, he tweets out how much he, how bad he's got to play, and or how bad he did play, and how much better he's gonna play, and he never does. And this team is better without Taylor Lewan. And
2: but when you texted me that yesterday, I had already thought
1: about it. I, they don't win that game with him on the field. Let me, let me tell you my theory on this my theory is that the offensive coaches trust Taylor LeWine so much that they curate their running game around Taylor Lewan, and defenses know that that's the tendency. So when he's not in the game, they don't know what's coming. But when he is in the game, just like last week, run to the left, run to the left this week, run to the right. <laughs> so, I think that's part of it. Just that's why I think we're a better team without him because it makes the defense less likely to know the tendency of the Titans, and that's an offensive coordinator problem. That's that's not necessarily a Taylor Lewan problem, but
0: I, I think there is something to that about so much trust in in that player, you know, and and it's
1: unearned. I'm hey. I, that's, that's that's not my point. Yeah, but yes, I, I agree. I don't,
0: I don't argue with that. Um, but but I think it is there. He's getting paid those big bucks, and so he gets that respect from the coaching staff, uh, and and the play. And you know, I, I think the team is definitely better again, without this Taylor LeWine.
2: Again, I don't know what he's done to earn that trust. Those bucks.
0: I, I think that I, it must be in the locker room. I think there is an element that he brings of a teammate, an ultimate teammate, that may be an, an, an intangible. I think there's some intangible value to him. Well, I, as, I don't know Der- for at, sure, but as that's as my As former guess.
2: Vanderbilt coach Derek Mason would say, I need you to take that from the class to the grass then because –
1: Agreed. I'm not seeing he's it underperforming.
2: for 60 minutes mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon. He is underperforming. I've not two seen it years. for a long
1: time. Mm-hmm. You saw it in his contract year, yep, and that's the last time and the only time that we've seen it. Hmm. Amazing, isn't
0: it? Yeah, he's not alone in that. But, but <laughs> no, but you're no right. You're right. you look back at that, the that at doesn't the make it right. <laughs> oh no, I'm
1: just <laughs> yeah. I mean, contract years for everybody tend to be better years.
0: It just yeah, it just is it's that sense of urgency,
1: but. It, nonetheless, let's get off that because Taylor Lewan didn't play, and and they won. Derrick Henry <laughs> ran for one hundred and eighty yards, and they go to is it was it five and zero oh or six? They've never lost when Derrick Henry runs for more than one hundred and fifty yards.
0: Never something like that. Yeah, I saw that stat.
1: So that one came from Teresa Walker. Who happy birthday T? Oh. She it's has birthday. a birthday on my birthday eve.
0: It is a big day tomorrow. We'll get of, course, more of
1: that. Of course, when you,
2: when you get a 150-yard rushing game out <laughs> of somebody, I mean, I don't know that that's foreign to Derrick Henry necessarily or to the Titans necessarily, but, I mean, it's certainly nice to have a guy that can get you 150.
1: First time ever a run more than 25 yards in the first month of the season yesterday on that 61-yard <laughs> touchdown run. And I, that's both of his big runs were Derek Henry made outside. Well, I don't know. The touchdown run, I'll give a big shout out to A.J. Brown, who took the blitzing uh, cornerback or safety all the way into Tannehill. And Henry goes right at the, you know, right in that hole. For 61, so good job to, to uh, A.J. Brown for, for getting the big block. Yeah,
2: that's one thing about this receiving core. They can block. Mm-hmm. Can,
1: will, and don't mind. Love it. They want to they, they hit somebody. Yeah.
0: A, a couple of things I, that I take away. Obviously, the, the offense holding the football in the second half, and maintaining possession, turning that around. But i tell you what, how about the, the defensive front getting pressure on Russell Wilson, especially in overtime? They they stepped up when they needed to made some really big plays I think late should have in, in ended, ended the game. On safety. How was that not a safety? It was. I, I think the official didn't want to end the game on, on a safety. safety.
1: That's exactly
2: what and it was.
0: A, was there something in there? I was listening to the radio, so I didn't hear the officials' version from TV of why they didn't that look they at, at ever it.
1: Explained it. There wasn't one.
0: I, I I picked up a little bit that maybe that was something that they could not review.
1: Oh, you can definitely review the spot of the ball.
0: Uh, you would you think you can one thousand so, percent
1: review the spot of the ball.
0: But it looked like to the to the naked eye that that he was in the end zone. The ball was in the end zone. The, yes, and for progress was in looked, the end zone.
2: It looked like to the cloth the eye, he,
0: he was <laughs>
2: in the end zone. I mean,
1: the fully dressed eye,
0: he yeah. was in the end zone.
1: It you was know. it was a safety. It should have been a safety. And the ironic part of the Titans getting that play on third down and then winning the game on a field goal is just the <laughs> absolute yeah. most Titan thing
2: ever. When the mm-hmm.
1: defense and the kicking
2: game have been so quickly so maligned. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and those are the two ways that you
2: that you win the game. W- at Seattle in overtime. If, yeah.
1: if first time they've lost under Pete Carroll in their home opener. So 12, oh, straight, wow. 12 straight games uh, they had won under Pete Carroll in their home openers and that was the first one they'd ever lost that's a big deal now especially
2: as tough a place to play as, as seattle uh, is no question i yeah, mean i mean you you have to you, you really got to tip your cap to this Titan team for what they got done yesterday. I mean, they clearly put themselves behind the eight ball coming off the loss to Arizona and getting down 24-9 at the half the Shouldn't way they
1: Should have been
2: did. 24-9. Should have been 24-17. No, I don't. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> we won't talk about that today. We may get <laughs> no into that sense later. No <laughs> in it. But, I mean, 15 points down
2: at Seattle to come back and even force overtime, let alone win in overtime. I mean – as down as we were on this team last week, uh, I think we deserve to be that up on them this week, and thus the clickety-clack. Yeah,
1: to the top before the big drop. All year. <laughs> Let's hope it's not. Let's just get to the top and stay, and stay there up for there. a little while. It's not a very fun roller coaster, but it's a lot more fun NFL season when you do that. We've got a lot of college football to get to. We also are going to talk a little bit about the Braves in the final segment as well, so stick around for that. But SEC college football coming up on the other side. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today returns to the Lee Company studio after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
2: Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff.
1: Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. It's not already it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road fast stop markets is proud to be keeping you moving in tennessee
3: keep your home as comfortable as possible if you have any issues with your air conditioner electrical or plumbing systems call lee company our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity you see what we see whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof we're here 24 7 so if you need us call us Lee Company call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at leecompany.com that's leecompany.com
1: hey folks while we take a quick break from the show I want to tell you about our friends over at custom stone handlers in downtown columbia Ned rich and his team at custom stone handlers believe in leadership and outside of the military our greatest leader building platform is sports Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit CustomStoneHandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our orthoquick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: Covering the teams you care about. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Once again, live from the League Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton. Here's Chris Yao.
1: What's up? Welcome back in. College football coming at you now. How excited are we that college football now appears to be a wide open race? <laughs> Is it? I said appears.
2: Define wide open.
1: It ain't Alabama and everybody else. But it is Alabama. Mm, Yes. Well, I mean. But they're at least, they are at least mortal as evidenced on Saturday. And that's where we'll start after getting up 21 to 3. Yeah. They (laughs) did not look great after. Number eighty-two just waved off a (sighs) muffed kick, and then Mm. they just Emory Jones decided to go ninety-nine yards, yards. which has only happened, I think, four times against Nick Saban's Alabama defenses in the history of him being there for the last twelve years. That's that's impressive. Um, yeah, ninety-nine yards when down two scores needed needed a touchdown. And went got and gotten one. Yeah, Pretty impressive. Well, I mean,
2: like you said, going 99 yards against Alabama. I mean, I even tweeted it. Florida just went 99 yards on Alabama. I mean, just because it clearly does not happen that often. They usually get off the field on that in those type situations. I mean, they usually hold you to a three and out right there, make you punt it back to them, and they get it on the plus side of the 50. They
1: go score and they blow you out. Right there. <laughs> and that's – I think that's part of – now, granted, Dan Mullins 0-11 against Nick Saban in his career. But also, he had Mississippi State talent for a lot of that. And don't get me wrong, Dak Prescott, clearly. Fantastic. <laughs> but the rest of the crew wasn't exactly what Florida has speed-wise across the board. Things that don't happen against Alabama – Happened Happened against Alabama. Florida goes ninety nine yards, forty two rushes, two hundred and forty five yards. And I'm just going to say this because it is what it is. Dan Mullen had some has some experience against Henry Toto, and he knows exactly where his weak spot is, and he exploited it multiple times across the middle, and. Honestly, I think that had a lot to do with Alabama's problems. Is that Dan Mullen knew exactly where to attack their defense, and that was Henry Toe across the middle. So you have to give him credit for that. That's an interesting
2: twist there. I hadn't really thought about it. But um, who else is able to do that against Alabama? I think and there are a couple
1: teams.
0: Georgia and A and M?
1: I don't know if it's A and M.
0: Well, not recently. I mean,
1: well, yeah. I think Arkansas has a better chance to do that to Alabama than anybody else. Even Auburn, because Tank is pretty good now. Auburn needs some better receivers, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Well, Auburn might need
2: – if Tank is pretty good, then maybe Tank should get a little bit more often than he did Saturday I, night in Happy I think, Valley.
1: I think the problem with him is that he's a Tank. <laughs> and I don't know that his conditioning is to the point where he can take it 20 to 20, 25 times a game. And that's that's an unfortunate byproduct of – being Tank Bigsby, <laughs> I. And speaking of the Auburn Penn State game, I JP, I'm not trying to call you out, but I don't think Auburn was intimidated.
0: I mean, he, I didn't, I, I, never said intimidated. I said that the whiteout
1: would have an effect. Would
0: have an effect. I didn't say intimidated. Do you think it had an effect though? I think the noise. Did it have more of
1: an effect than any SEC road game? That is my question because I don't think it – I didn't think it would.
0: um, I I think it was louder than probably most SEC stadiums, uh, Death Valley notwithstanding. Uh, Now, was that the reason they lost? No, I don't think that, but it does have an effect. I mean, that's that's one of those rare um, experiences, and you can't go in there and not notice – that you know, a hundred and six thousand white pom-poms shaking in unison and yelling in unison. I mean, it's it's a great setting. It, it was, and and I'm glad that they don't do that as you know too terribly it, it, often. I didn't realize I, it, this was like only the thirteenth time they've done this. Uh, I heard the intro to Holly that Holly Rowe did. I mean, she was in the student section. Yeah, I don't know if you guys got to hear that, but on ESPN and she could barely hear chris fowler trying to throw it down to her. it was so loud as you would expect but what a what a great experience um no i don't think it had anything to do with him losing but I, you know that's something you have to deal with and i think it is different because they're not accustomed to it being like that you're accustomed to hearing the you know roll tide and you know going to georgia and sick dogs i mean you get accustomed to that but going to a place that And the fact that Auburn hadn't been to a Big Ten road true road game in a century—I mean, there was just so many things that that was going to feel different than a typical SEC road game. That was my point.
1: I don't know. Death Valley was measured at one hundred and thirty-two decibels. Happy Valley on Saturday got to one twenty. So I'm just, I'm just, I, I. this neither here nor there. I don't think it had as much as any more impact on the game as any other SEC road game. But you're right, understanding the environment and I think just not was, understanding the environment was
0: different. Different. Sure. It was just so different um, for for Auburn. Uh, that, that's all I'm saying. I mean, you know, sure that it was just different. Um, no, you're right. I mean, you know, you 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 play those environments every Saturday. And and
1: you're not playing it on, mm -hmm. you know, nobody's doing the whiteout Now, Georgia has done blackouts, and they won't ever do one again, I don't think, (laughs) after the last two times they've done it. But um, Auburn held Penn State to 84 yards rushing. Their quarterback, however, had a better completion rate than rushing yards his team had. Wow. 88% completion rate.
0: (laughs) There's your stat of the day. That's,
1: That's impressive. And that's, that's the difference in the game, is that Auburn couldn't get off the field on third down because the quarterback was so good. Although, I will have to ask you this, and I know, was there defensive pass interference on the fade? As bad of a call, play call as it was, <laughs> should there have been defensive pass interference on the fade? I just thought they were both trying to make a play on the ball. I need you to watch the play again. <laughs> wait, 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 did the kid get his head around or not? Right. He, he the, 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 the receiver never got farther than one yard into the end zone because he was being pushed backwards by the defensive back. Maybe I'm getting plays mixed up. Well, it was an absolute molesting. horrible no, no call, call because the ball where the ball ended up probably would have been a, it would have been a jump ball, but certainly catchable. Had, there. had he gotten there? And the defensive back literally had him jammed at the goal line and wasn't letting go. I thought it should have been pass interference. I think if if Bo Nix throws the ball in the vicinity of where the receiver is, it probably becomes pass interference. But As it was, they
2: called it uncatchable. Probably uncatchable. But it was uncatchable because he
1: wasn't allowed to get there. That's my personal – it's a still a terrible play call. You don't make that. You don't throw on fourth and two or whatever, and you have Tank Bigsby in your back pocket. You do not throw the football there, and <laughs> you don't named call, tank. And you certainly don't call time out <laughs> to throw a fake to make that to run that play. Yeah, Brian Harson with his. How do you not drop a Boise State play there? The one time you need a Boise State play, you a, don't drop a of liberty or You something. don't drop a Boise State play <laughs> just because you play in the SEC doesn't mean we don't we, we we can't use it. Use it if you got it. Anyway, the officiating blunder on the third down too, forcing Penn State to punt on third down was interesting. I heard
0: they got their downs mixed up. <laughs> yeah, the officials, did. yeah. I wasn't yeah. able to watch it. Obviously, I was. Yeah, you I were was, a little busy. At the the Vandy Stanford game but
1: so I'm watching it at the wedding that I'm at because <laughs> I, they literally paid me just to play background music while they drink it was awesome uh,
0: <laughs> that's a good gig
2: while they drank
1: yeah I didn't I was watching football I didn't care uh, and so all the officials huddle up and they got third down on the marker right well <laughs> the officials huddle up and they they try to figure out after a penalty And so they finally disperse and then make it fourth down. It was everybody in the stadium, including the announcers, everybody except the people wearing stripes knew it was third down. So, Including James Franklin. Oh, he he was well aware. Uh, So that was interesting. Speaking of official blunders, let's go to Memphis. Where Mo hates double numbers. Mm. And now we know why. Mm. (laughs) Because Memphis... Had two number fours on the field
0: oh boy. at the same
1: time. At the same time, during a punt return that oh they boy. took back for a touchdown, and, and they were no... actually close enough
0: that they
2: were both in the same frame. Mm. Frame. Nobody caught it. Wow.
1: Certainly, nobody that was supposed to. Nobody <laughs> caught it. Not even. Not even Mike Leach or anybody on Mississippi State staff. Did you see the punt return?
0: Mm-mm. No, I haven't seen it. Yet. Oh. Okay,
1: so. This is what happens. The Mississippi State punts. It it hits it like the 5 and one of their players goes and bats it back toward the field of play to keep it from being a touchback. Sure. Mississippi State player puts his hand on the ball and his knee on the ground and gets up. Yeah. Official comes in, waves his arms one, one time, one and uh, a it, half times. I
2: mean, he kind of goes like
1: this and then a, Mi- a Memphis player picks the ball up off the ground and returns a- it for a touchdown. Mm.
2: Calvin Austin, who is like the 10th rated receiver in the next draft, I think, by the way. He's got like world-class speed.
1: Clearly. Yeah. Took that back for a touchdown. 94 so, yards. The SEC releases a statement. I'm not even sure if it, if the game was over at the <laughs> Before time. Before they released a Before the they statement. released a statement that said, yes, the play should have been blown dead. Because it it while it may have been inadvertent, it was still a it, it still was a stop the clock call, which the rule is a whistle or a hand signal is what ends a play. All right. So he made the hand signal. Hand
0: signal. That's one of the two.
1: That's one of the two. And they missed they didn't throw a flag on there being two of the same number on the field. So two penalties. In one play, and it still resulted in a touchdown for and, Memphis. <laughs> and they couldn't review that. They didn't review that because, um, well, I don't know if you can review the inadvertent part, but nobody challenged the number, the two numbers, until way later. I'm pretty sure Twitter is who found out that the two numbers were. On you the know, field it's interesting because time.
0: every scoring play is reviewed, correct, by the office. Um, so it's. That's interesting that they didn't. They catch didn't that. know to
2: look for it, I guess, for the numbers.
0: Yeah, but but supposedly, if when you review, if you see something else, you can throw think, the flag. I think you can, in that review, if you see a, a penalty of some fashion, maybe uh, you know. I don't know if you can go back and do holding, but something of do, that do, nature. You can do
1: pass interference. Yeah, they did go that. They, they you can, well in the NFL. I don't know if you can in college. Either way. I think the bigger horrible
2: I think I think the bigger shortcoming there, though, really and truly, is on Mississippi State. Pick the ball up, hand it to the official.
1: Pick the ball up. I bet they do from now on. <laughs> I bet they. I bet they wait to hear a whistle. Um, finally, got a couple minutes left. Uh, we're going to ask you a couple questions, JP. I thought okay. Vanderbilt looked decent in the loss. They didn't look clueless like week one.
0: Uh, they did not look clueless. Uh, they held their own first couple of drives. Um, and then the halftime, the, the, the end first, of the second quarter, the
1: end of the second quarter and the I, first drive I, of the third quarter. Yeah. That was the, that was the ball game.
0: Those, the, those eight minutes, the four minutes before half and the four minutes after half. And, and, and they lost that royally. I, I don't know why, <laughs> um, but um, you know, they, they had a, you know, the defense had in the first half had a goal line stand. That was the only time they stopped them, but they had a goal line stand. And the offense looked decent. They had a fourth and one um in stanford territory with um you know at, a, at about the 45 or actually no it was about the 35 yard line and instead of going for it on fourth and one they elect to kick like a 54-yard field goal no you can't uh, do that and and that was i think that was a turning point not the turning point but yeah you don't do that i was disappointed in that play call
1: other than that the, the final two minutes I think they scored 17 points or 13 points. They had two field yeah. goals and the and the pick six. Yep. And then Vandy comes out, gets three and out on the first mm-hmm. drive of the second Stanford half, and that was it. it. Right yep. And all but game. other than that, I thought Vanderbilt played well, considering they've they've improved.
0: They're getting better. That's all
1: that you can ask That's for, all man. That you can. <laughs> We've got more national college football coming up on the other side of the break, and a little bit of Braves. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Fast Stop Markets is a
2: full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff.
1: Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee.
3: Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity.
0: It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. From preps to pros. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yao. Welcome
1: back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Live from the Lee Company Studio on this reaction Monday. As it, it appears, the rain may have subsided here out the, the window. We continue with reaction to college football and a couple of things. Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma all struggling right now. Ohio State finally pulled away, Clemson did not. They've not allowed a touchdown on defense this year, but they have also scored like three. (laughs) So not great for the Tigers. All three of these teams, we expected to be right in the college football playoff hunt. And none of them look like they deserve to be there right now.
2: Clemson, Ohio state and who? Oklahoma. Oh yeah. But at least they won, which is more than one team we were talking about last week did. That's true. Looking at you in that sissy, sissy blue, blue shirt.
0: shirt.
1: I mean, yes, you're right, but we called that. We sat here on this show on Friday and said Fresno State could very well beat UCLA. I mean, they only lost to Oregon by a touchdown. And we was right. So, I mean was the only thing we were right about. I think what was your record in Pick'em? Um I improved again as you well you were you better than me week. then because I I did not I, I think I got two right. I think I got four right. I'm trying to find it. Three. I was
2: I only got three four three and seven.
0: I went four and six.
1: I went four and six, I believe. Three and seven, folks. Oklahoma being part of that, by the way. Because Nebraska, I thought Nebraska, y'all, was so bad. And they may be, but Oklahoma certainly didn't let them be.
0: Can I take a victory lap on that Cornhuskers uh, pick? You,
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can and should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I just felt like – i I feel like those three right there – right now would not be in my playoff if I were making the playoffs. Well, I mean, who would, though? Well, it's funny you should ask, (laughs) Alan. Because in our run of show here, I have us giving our top four after three weeks. Mm -hmm. And based off of what I've seen, and right now you have to do a lot of cross-comparison, right? Mm -hmm. Illinois- beat nebraska and then they lost to utsa yeah and so i at week three you have to do a lot of that now that's all you have to go this with. is why i think the ap poll should not be a thing before at least week three because there's no reason notre dame should be number 12 in the country zero reason all right my top four there there is one reason they're notre Dame because they're notre dame that's and that's the only reason they are let me tell you my first three out, and and that will help explain my top, my top four. My first three out, I think these three teams can play their way in. I think Oklahoma can still play their way in because they have a schedule that that puts them in a position to be able to win some games against teams that are are good. Uh, Georgia obviously can play their way in because they would have to beat Florida. Wow, they're part and of your Alabama. first three out. Yes, well they've not done. Based on Clemson based on what they did against Clemson and what Clemson has done since, I don't think that they're a top-four team. They didn't score a touchdown against Clemson. So I, I don't know what makes you think that they're going to score score against Alabama. So that, this is kind of my, my point. Florida also in my first three out, but they would be number, my number five, my first team out. I think you have to give Cincinnati a, a nod because they've won every game by double digits, even though they had to struggle (laughs) late uh, over Indiana. Indiana's a good team, though. But they went on the road in the Big Ten against a team that a lot of people thought was going to be really good, and they won a football game. Oregon, obviously, based off of what we've seen, Ohio State and others, they went to Ohio State, they got a win. Penn State, I think number two right now because they're the best team in the Big Ten, and they've got a big win over a team that I think is probably – Top half of the SEC, and then, of course, Alabama at number one. So, Alabama, Penn State, Oregon, Cincinnati. That's my top four.
0: That would be an interesting four. Something different. Wouldn't it? It'd be fun to watch. Mo, you ready for yours, or you want me to go? Um, no,
1: go ahead. Who did you say again, though? I have Alabama, Penn State, Oregon, Cincinnati. Those are my top four. Based off of I test and their current resume. Yeah.
0: Definitely Alabama, of course. Um, I, I do think um, – I, I think Georgia's going to be there. Um, I, I think they'll figure out enough offense, and that defense is not going to let anybody score on them. So there's two. Um, you're right about Penn State. I mean, you, you have to make them the – they're the best team in the Big Ten so far. From what we've and seen. And they've got a good they, win. They went on the – well, they got two. Winning Wisconsin was pretty good. Winning Wisconsin's huge. They, Wisconsin was ranked at, the, at that point. Um, so there's Three. And then, really, you know, it's between Cincinnati, Oregon, and Oklahoma. Uh, I, I just feel that Oregon is, is going to slip up at some point because that's the Pac-12 this year. I, I, I don't have faith. Now, you could argue they had the best win of anybody so far.
1: I think well, Alabama's win over Florida is probably the best win of anybody so far. That's just my I opinion. I was
0: real impressed with Florida on multiple levels. And, and you're right. Florida has to be in the mix now, even with that one loss.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Especially is, if, they play, if they get to play Alabama again. They
0: have to beat Georgia.
2: Well, Yeah, if they beat Georgia, then yeah, they're in the mix. Until they beat Georgia, I think it's Georgia.
0: Georgia's I, still there, yeah.
2: Right now, I've got Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Oregon. Now, Penn State probably should be in there. I probably overlooked them. But I think Oklahoma or Oregon, one of the two has to slip. If, if Florida beats Georgia... Then it's Alabama-Florida. But, I mean, Penn State is right there on the edge, I think.
1: I think Penn State – I would State, not
2: argue with them
0: being in there. If I, they I, went out – Yeah.
1: I still think
2: – They've got to be State, in
0: regardless, right? Yeah.
1: Penn State and Oklahoma can most certainly win their way in. I think Oregon's got to be in until they lose. I think so, too, just based on – Yep. Now – this is a year that I if, think it if, would be really if, hard to put two SEC teams in if right Ohio, now. If it's
2: Ohio State keeps playing like they played against Tulsa, then they're going to slip up, and that Oregon win doesn't keeps, mean as much as it did at the time
1: it took place. I think just going on the road, though, in, in that environment is is an impressive win. And if they, if they don't lose, obviously I think they've got to be. Yeah, I think Oregon has
0: the credibility now that they're there. Yeah, they're gonna stay there until they until lose. They, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, a, a bad win, which really is, you know, it, but if they win by two against somebody they should have beaten by thirty, I st- I still think they stay. That's there. That's
1: okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think the zero in that
0: loss mm-hmm. column
1: is more important than the style points so, at this point.
0: So what if you know Penn State wins out, Oregon wins out, Oklahoma wins out?
1: I think it's Penn State and Oregon, and Oregon because they have the better wins.
0: So an undefeated Oklahoma could get left out.
1: Well, based well, on their past
2: experience. Exactly. And I, I think there are, I think folks are like I've seen this movie. I know, I know how movie. it ends. Now, I don't
0: think any of that's going to happen because there've been a no. record amount of ranked teams that have been defeated already this year. I mean, it's just going to be one of those years.
1: Well, if they'd stop ranking teams before week 3, this wouldn't happen. And that's again my point.
0: <laughs> to your point.
1: <laughs> anyway. I'm full circle. That's uh, who who's going to
0: beat Oklahoma though? Texas can Texas beat Oklahoma. Could. <laughs> Texas, Texas can beat Oklahoma. Iowa State can. They're good enough.
1: Yeah, I think either one of those two, two teams, if not both. You're
0: right. Done. I think Oklahoma has the easiest path. Is
1: I think Oregon has the easiest path.
0: I yeah, I they think have so a pretty so easy too, path, too. You're right.
2: Because I think the Pac-10 is worse than the Big 12, or the Pac-12, Pac-12 is worse. Pac-10, 12, 14, whatever they are. It doesn't matter. I think <laughs> that group of teams on the West Coast is worse than that group of teams in the Midwest South Plains. Yeah. Um, I agree. Can anybody from the Big 12 get in other than Oklahoma?
0: No.
1: At this
2: point, I don't no. think so,
0: no. I think you have to go undefeated to get because
1: in. Because Iowa State lost to Iowa and Texas lost to Arkansas, so no. I, I,
0: I don't think the Pac-12 Unless or Big Ar- 12 could get a one-loss team in.
1: Unless Arkansas goes undefeated and wins the SEC. At that point, I think you could potentially put Texas in if they also ran the rest of the table. I'm just saying. Uh, If Arkansas goes
2: undefeated and wins the SEC. To answer your question,
0: no.
1: No, wait a minute. What's what's my question?
0: (laughs) I don't remember, but it was. Can can, Texas get in? Can Texas get in? That's the only way Texas can get in. Is there a scenario that Oklahoma doesn't win out? No, okay, yeah, that was my question.
2: If Arkansas goes undefeated and wins the SEC, then is it Arkansas and Alabama? No, you can't put Alabama in there. And
0: a one-loss Alabama team.
2: Their only <laughs> losses to Arkansas.
0: Who's not, undefeated?
1: Not in this.
2: We've world.
0: seen that before. Not in this. Yeah, world.
1: Alabama, Auburn. I mean, I'm just saying, not not in a in a world where if, Oregon and Penn State and Cincinnati are all undefeated.
0: If no. they're all undefeated, it, it, I, I don't think you can. Right, I agree. And and I uh, even Cincinnati. I think they That's they what, started high enough, and I think. It just feels like – So you
2: think – you're telling me that an unbeaten Cincinnati gets in over over a one-loss Alabama? Alabama? I
1: I think this is the Alabama team you could leave out and justifiably do so.
0: Well, here's the question. Which Alabama team do we have this year? Do we have the one – this is my point. Is it's, that
1: there's not? Is it
0: their opponents or is it Alabama? I mean, Miami's obviously not very good.
1: Right. This so is that, that. That's week one
0: was, and then you know they, it was Mercer week two. So right? uh, Florida's obviously better than we thought.
1: Are they though? We don't know.
0: Well, it's hard to th- say that when they were at eleven. But
1: it, exactly. So my my point is that this isn't Tua and Jalen and. And big-time names and superstar names on this Alabama team. So if This you're isn't gonna,
0: the best starship.
1: If you're going to leave an Alabama team out, <laughs> this would be this the is one. the one you got to do it with. So, I don't think Arkansas is going undefeated. But you have I'm to have those SEC. undefeated
0: teams to do that, though, right? To leave them out. Yes. Because Alabama is still going to be considered the best it, one-loss it, team, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: That, too. No question. So, you have to have... You have to have four undefeated. You know, right? <laughs> Alabama has to lose, and four teams have to go up. <laughs> That's Perfect. right. That's right. To, to leave them out. No question. Zero question. Or Alabama has to lose more than once. So, anyway, we have got to get. Give me the quick rundown on the Braves. They go to Arizona.
2: They go to Arizona for the first of four tonight. Um, they have Huascar Inoa on the mound, four and five with a three, two, six. Umberto Mejia. 0-1 with a 4-9-1. Gets the ball for Arizona. Exactly. Humberto Mejia. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Braves 77-70 after possibly their worst week of the year. Dropped two in a rain-shortened two-game series at home to the Road Rockies. Uh, dropped the first two in San Francisco before winning 3 to nothing yesterday on an Adam Duvall two-run home run, followed one pitch later by an Eddie Rosario <laughs> solo shot. Pitched well
1: enough outside of Will Smith to win that series. Oh, against Colorado? Y- against uh, San, San Francisco?
2: Francisco. Oh, well, you know, Will Smith going Will Smith. But he did retire the uh, Giants in order in the ninth yesterday for his 33rd save. Braves still two games up on Philly and five and a half up on the Mets. So Today in Braves history. Uh, September 20th, 2003, Marcus Giles homered off Florida's Brad Penny to lead off the bottom of the fourth inning, becoming the sixth Atlanta Brave to hit 20 home runs that season, a total that tied a National League record since broken by the 2018 Dodgers. Gary Sheffield hit his 37th. Javi Lopez is 42nd. Jeez. In the 6-5 loss. Vinny Castilla and the Jones boys, Andrew and Chipper, each hit 20-plus that year, tying the franchise mark set by the 65 Milwaukee Braves with Eddie Matthews, Hank Aaron, Joe Torre, Felipe Alou, Mac Jones, and Gene Oliver.
1: Huh. I like it. Come back tomorrow, more football, more Braves, all coming at you, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint for Moe and J.P. Plant. I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast, brought to you by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you'd like to hear us live each and every weekday, tune in from 4 to 6 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia. Also visit www.sm-tnsports.com for the most comprehensive and timely coverage
0: of high school sports in and around Southern Middle Tennessee.